Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Finally, The Rock has come back! Live TV is awesome. The spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! What a weekend. What a weekend, guys. Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio. I am Graham Jason Matthews for August 25th, 2015. And as you can tell, my voice is pretty much gone. It was a lot worse yesterday. At least I can talk in coherent sentences here today on WrestleRant Radio. My voice was completely gone yesterday. If you saw this week's hashtag AskYouSam video on the YouTube channel, you will know that I could hardly talk. My videos and my Q&A videos are usually about an hour long. I had to cut it down to 20 minutes yesterday. And even that was hard to get through because I could barely even talk. But today's a little bit better. My voice has a lot been better. Has been a lot better since yesterday. But um, I'm surprised I didn't lose it for marking out so much last night watching Raw. I mean, NXT Takeover was incredible. SummerSlam was good. Very good show. I mean, even being there live for both shows was the single most amazing wrestling-related experience ever. The two greatest wrestling shows I've ever been to, hands down, no question, without a doubt. The two greatest wrestling shows I've ever been to, just without question. And then you have Raw on Monday. Probably, I mean, not even probably, the best Raw of 2015. I've had some people tell me, it was a good show. I don't know if it was the best. It was a good show, though. Name me a better Raw in 2015. You can't. There is not a single better all-around show than last night. I know the Divas crap was crap, was exactly that. It was not a great Divas segment. The match wasn't even that good. The crowd was amazing. But other than the you know Divas shit in the middle of the show, it was a very, very good show. There was not one thing wrong with it. The opening hour was red hot. The final hour was very, very good. You had a closing segment with Sting coming back. You had Ric Flair coming back. The Dudley boys, the goddamn Dudleys are back in WWE. I can't even tell you how much I marked out for that, man. That was incredible. And the best part about it is... No one knew it was going to happen. Those are the best kind of returns. Sting, there were some rumblings he might be on Raw. Ric Flair, it was like basically confirmed he would be on Raw by dirt sheets. No one knew. Nobody knew the Dudley boys were coming back. I mean, I said over the weekend, I said to John when we were on our way to SummerSlam, the three people I would love to see come back tonight are The Rock, Sting, or the Dudley boys. We got two of those three on Raw on Monday night and a Rock name drop at SummerSlam. That is amazing. It was the single best wrestling weekend I think I've ever been a part of since I started watching seven years ago in 2008. Just what a weekend. But today we've got a big show on tap for you, of course. Um, we're not going to cover everything. We kind of covered some parts of Raw and talking to RJ, who was at SummerSlam with me on Sunday. Um, him, John, and I, we all went to SummerSlam along with his girlfriend on Sunday night. It was an amazing time. Great hooking up with those guys. Uh, met a lot of you guys, met a lot of awesome, you know, just awesome wrestling fans from, that I've known for years over Twitter and Facebook and just random wrestling websites. Got to meet a lot of great people, people that I already knew, didn't know, on the train, in the arena, outside the arena, just in Brooklyn in general. Just met a lot of fantastic people. That was probably the best part about the weekend was meeting so many of uh, 
So many of you guys, so many people I've been talking to for years and was able to finally meet over the weekend just by happenstance or met up and just whatever. It was awesome. So just so great to meet a lot of awesome wrestling fans over the weekend. That's, you know, the why wrestling fans are the single greatest fans out there of any sport or genre or TV show or whatever. Wrestling fans are the best. But SummerSlam weekend, man, will go down in history as the as the greatest wrestling weekend that I've ever been a part of as a wrestling fan. We're breaking it down all here today with at RJ underscore Marceau, SummerSlam, and some parts of Monday Night Raw from last night. NXT TakeOver, I'll take the time to talk about right now. I'm not going to do a full in-depth review. I'll just kind of give my brief thoughts. and I'm not going to give my also my full breakdown of the of the whole weekend, which was insane. Um, just that's why my voice is gone. I I wouldn't have gone to Raw anyway. I'm not you know kicking myself. Oh, why didn't I go to that show? I couldn't make it, man. I was dead. I couldn't. I mean, people were asking me when I was getting off the train on Sunday night, like, "Are you okay?" I mean, you look like you had a rough weekend. I'm not a rough weekend. Just a long weekend. I was super tired. I barely got any sleep on. Even just Friday going into Saturday, I was working on so many articles and stuff for SummerSlam weekend. And I got bright and early. I got up bright and early for a picnic on Saturday. Did the whole NXT TakeOver thing all of Saturday long. Got back super late and then came back. You know, I had to only slept for a couple hours before getting up again to go to SummerSlam. And it's not like I live only an hour away like some people did. I only know very few people that went to NXT TakeOver SummerSlam and Raw. There's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, but very few people I actually knew. Um, that said they were going to all three. And if you live in the area, that's one thing. I live in Connecticut. I live two, two and a half hours away from where the Barclays Center is. It took me about a, a full three or three and a half hours to get from where I am. From the train station to the train, the two and a half train ride, two and a half hour train ride. And then you know the, the, the subway and just getting in the Barclays Center. Just the whole thing, three, four hours long. It was crazy. And then you got to do that all the way back, and I didn't stay over in Brooklyn or anything like that. Just a long weekend. So I'm not kicking myself I didn't go to Raw. I mean, it was an amazing show. I wish I was there, but it's not like I almost got tickets. And then just spending the money for the train rides and the tickets again for Raw would have been crazy. So there's no way I was going to be able to do that. But it was a great show, though. Um, like I said, the best draw of 2015. But NXT Takeover was what kicked it off the what kicked off this wild wrestling weekend on Saturday night. And um, I'll tell you right now, the single best NXT Live special to date. Again, like I said with Ron, name me a better special. Um, there was not one bad match in the entire show. The pre-show stuff was even a lot of fun. We got an Eva Marie Carmella match. It was not too great, but Eva Marie got massive heat. Bull Dempsey with his bull fit gimmick, which is pretty funny to see live. Uh, Fatal 4-Way from the women, which was kind of disappointing between Emma... Becky Lane, Charlotte, and Dana Brooke. I mean, it was more of a glorified tag team match than it was a four-way. Um, but they had a botched finish. I won't spoil it here. We had also, you know, Enzo More and Colin Cassidy taking on the mechanics and Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, who were very much over with the audience. The crowd loved it. I loved it. The Brooklyn crowd ate it up. The crowd for both nights was incredible. Just an amazing environment to be a part of for both shows. And I won't spoil the match results for any of those matches. I'm sure they're going to be airing in the weeks to come. I think they're all of them are airing on Wednesday, um, if not over the next two weeks. But um, be on the lookout for both matches. Enzo Mori and Colin Cassidy just got an incredible reaction when they came out for their eight-man tag team match. It was amazing to be a part of that pop live. There was no other, no better way to kick off the show, kick off the night when the, than the pop for those guys from the hometown boys, um, Enzo Mori and Colin Cassidy. Kicking off the actual show, Tyler Breeze and Jushin Thunder Liger. A very, very good match. Not the show-stealing match a lot of people thought it would be, but it's probably for the better because we had a lot of great matches in the in, in the rest of the show. 
Um, but a very good match from these two. Tyler Breeze was the perfect opponent for Tyler Breeze, for Jushin Liger, rather, uh, making his premier WWE appearances, in-ring debut for WWE. So very cool to be a part of that and see that live. Um, Liger, I mean, a lot of people were asking, my God, that guy's 50 years old? Like, you would never know. Like, he bumps around like he is Tyler Breeze's age, or at least in his 30s or in the latest 40s. You would never know this guy's 50 years old. Um, a very fun match kick off the show. Liger was kind of playing around with Tyler Breeze. He took the selfie stick and he was doing his he was doing his poses. The crowd ate it up. A very fun, very fun match. A very uh, fun way of kicking off the show with uh, Liger picking up his first WWE win, his first ever WWE match. And I'm not really all that disappointed that Tyler Breeze lost. I mean, they brought in the guy to do a WWE match. They called him up. They're not they're not going to expect him to do the job here and. Tyler Breeze will be fine. He needs more wins, but I wasn't surprised that Liger won. But a good win for him, though, in his first and perhaps only WWE match ever. We also had the WWE, or rather, NXT Tag Team Match, um, Tag Team Title Match, which was very, very good. Probably the best NXT Tag Team Match, period, I have ever seen. A very good match from two teams, from the both teams. Um, the Vaude Villains and then Blake and Murphy, who got great heat here. Great heat here. The um, team of the Vaude Villains was very much over with its audience. One of the biggest reactions in the entire show came for Blue Pants, and the crowd loved her. I took a, a video of the reaction, and by the way, all my videos of the videos that I took at NXT Takeover, and then again at SummerSlam, some entrances and title changes will be up over the weekend on the YouTube channel, so be on the lookout for those. Four on Saturday, four on Sunday, both from NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam, so be on the lookout for those on Saturday and Sunday, respectively, at youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham.GSM, or just GrahamGSMMatthews. Um, but yeah, very, very good match the tag team titles. The Vaude Villains winning the belts here, so a very good match in those two, and like I said, probably the best um, NXT title match, NXT tag team title match I have ever seen, so a very well-deserved win for the Vaude Villains. After that, we had the in-ring debut, the NXT debut of Apollo Crews. A very good match from him and Ty Dillinger. Apollo Crews, uh, Apollo Crews is going to be a star in no times, man. He is going to be a time. He is going to be a star in no time. Absolutely um, guaranteed a bona fide star in Apollo Crews. This guy's got the look. He looks like a lot like Bobby Lashley. Let's not lie to ourselves here. We are all thinking the same exact thing. But he is 10 times more impressive in the ring. This guy is uh, just an Adonis. This guy is incredible. So I'm looking forward to what else we could see from Apollo Crews going forward. He is something to behold in that middle, in the middle of the ring. And Tyler Breeze, Tyler Breeze, or not Tyler Breeze, rather, um, Ty Dillinger. I'm mixing up my ties here. Ty Dillinger bumped around very well for him in this contest. And then after that, we had Samoa Joe and Baron Corbin. A better than expected match. It was good for what it was. Not amazing, but um, you know, it, it was good. A lot better than I thought it was going to be. The the crowd was hot for Samoa Joe. Baron Corbin got some good heat and um, easily the best Baron Corbin match he has ever had in NXT or just period. Um, Samoa Joe bumped around very well for him. Some good back and forth action. And in the end, Samoa Joe picking up the clean win as he should have. Baron Corbin did not tap out, so I would not be surprised. If this is not the end of the feud between these two, between Baron Corbin and Samoa Joe going forward, so good match in those two. And then we get to not only the match of the night, but 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 probably one of the best matches of 2015. Not even probably one of the best matches of 2015. The best match in NXT history, in my opinion. That is really covering a lot of ground. But really, with the build they had to this match, the video package, the match itself... What happened afterwards, the storytelling, the inner reaction, the risks taken by both women. The best NXT match I've ever seen. So fortunate to be a part of it live. 
um, to see Bailey and Sasha Banks battling over the NXT Women's Championship. Sasha Banks is such a fucking great heel. She is the epitome of what a heel should be. She is the ultimate heel with all just the little things that make her great. The stomping of the hands on Bailey, going to work on her hands throughout the match, and you know, throwing her back in the ring only to toss her right back out afterwards to break up the count, tossing her into the steel steps and almost breaking her hand by putting it in between the the ring pole and um, the corner post and the steel steps, almost breaking her hand. The little things that make her such a great heel are what make her so entertaining. So I love it. Bailey, the ultimate underdog. It's no secret I've been a huge Bailey fan for a long time now. So amazing to be a part of that live, to see the live reaction to her winning that championship, but just tears of joy all around the arena from people um, to see her finally win that championship. It was just phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. The four horsewomen celebrating the win afterwards, and just the, the biggest pop I I might have ever, I, I think I've ever heard, just incredible. The crowd, that just the place came unglued for Bailey winning that belt, and it was really something, man. It was really, really something. If you've never seen this match, if you have yet to see it, it was well worth watching for this match alone. I mean, the entire show was incredible, but that one match alone made this show just over-the-top great. Um, and like I said, one of the best matches of 2015 up to this point in the single best women's match likely in WWE history. I mean, name me a better women's match in, in WWE, not only in NXT, but just of all time. I mean, we've had some incredible matches from Lita and Trish Stratus and so many others of that nature on that level, but just with the build this match got, there is no topping it. There is absolutely no topping this match. Just over the top, just exceptional stuff from Bailey and Sasha Banks. I love it. Loved every single second of it. And the main event was very, very good too. A great main event, great ladder match from Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. And a lot of spots. I mean, it didn't really have the same story as the women's match, but um, the entering action was very, very good. Took a lot, took a lot of insane spots from both um, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. Both guys putting their bodies on the line and give Kevin Owens a paycheck, man. Give that guy a bonus on his paycheck for. Working three nights, NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam, and Raw on Monday night. Um, just props, big you know, big props, big two thumbs up for those for that for um Kevin Owens. Working all three uh Brooklyn shows on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. That guy deserves a raise. Give that guy a fucking raise. But a very good match in those two, like I said, uh, not a spot fest, but but it had a lot of very, very good spots from Finn Balor and Kevin Owens alike. So Finn Balor still your NXT champion after ascending the ladder and successfully retaining his NXT championship. And that closed off the show. Like I said, I thought this was the best NXT Live special to date. I mean, we've had a lot of great ones. We have yet to have a bad one. But usually we have an in every single NXT show. We have a filler match or we have, you know, oh, that's kind of a dud match. But the rest of the show is great. The perfect show. This was the perfect show. Every single match on this show delivered. Liger and Breeze, a very fun opener. Very cool to see Liger in his first ever WWE match. The tag team title match, like I said, the best ever NXT tag team championship match in the promotion's history. A very good match from those two, and a great reaction for both Blue Pants and the Vaude Villains in the in the Vaude Villains winning the belts. Paulo Cruz, a very impressive NXT debut, and the crowd loved him. Uh, a very good match from him and Ty Dillinger. Baron Corbin and um, Samoa Joe having a better-than-expected match, and the right person went over. Bailey and Sasha Banks already praised it enough as probably, not even probably, like I said, one of the best matches of 2015, not only in NXT, just in WWE in general. Was, from the storytelling, the in-ring action, to everything about that match made it so perfect. 
Um, easily the match of the night. And the main event was great, too, between Kevin Owens and Finn Balor in the ladder match environment. And Finn Balor, so many Finn Balor shirts. That guy's going to be a star when he gets called up to the main roster sooner rather than later. But that guy's going to be a top babyface in the company in the years to come. I can tell you that right now. But still, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, hands down, the greatest NXT Live Special 2 date. And I'm not only saying that just because I was there. The crowd was great. The opening with Triple H was very, very cool, very, very well done. A lot of, you know, Chris Benoit, like chants and shit like that, just people being idiots. But um, not a lot of people, so thankfully it wasn't too many. But a cool open, though. Very, very, very cool stuff from, um, you know, from Triple H and, and, and the rest of the show, just... The entire show was exceptional, just a near-perfect show. Not a, I, I have yet to see a better live special than that one. Um, we've had so many great specials in the last year and a half since NXT TakeOver Arrival, but no show was better than that. That was amazing. So if you have, to see, if you have yet to see it, you're doing yourself a major disservice. That show was great, worth buying or you know getting a free month to, to the WWE Network. Whatever it is, it's worth checking out for that women's match alone, but the rest of the show was very, very good, and like I said, I'm so fortunate to have been a part of that environment. The single greatest wrestling show I've ever been a part of. That's covering a lot of ground. I've been to almost two dozen wrestling shows in my seven years as a wrestling fan, including that amazing Raw last year on June 30th, but that show on Saturday takes the cake as the greatest wrestling show I've ever attended. Just amazing, amazing night, so... Thank you to WWE, thank you to NXT for putting on such an incredible performance, and hopefully that will not be the only NXT, uh, the only the NXT show I, I attend in my lifetime because that show was too great, and I have to go again, whether it's in New York or here in Connecticut or wherever. Um, I cannot wait to go to my next NXT show because that experience was an experience of a lifetime to say the least. But like I said, SummerSlam on Sunday, I'm breaking down the entire show. With RJ Marceau, who I will be returning with on on WrestleRant Radio very next Tuesday, next Tuesday, on EC Radio, Live365.com, backslash live stations, backslash, backslash ECTV. 73, we're going back to being live on EC campus, on Endicott campus, on EC Radio. So be on, uh, be on tap for that. Be uh, you know, Stay tuned for that next Tuesday. We will be back live right here on WrestleRant Radio. But in the meantime, in between time though, he is on the phone here today. And we are breaking down SummerSlam, which we were both in attendance for on Sunday night in the Barclays Center from just 48 hours ago. So, RJ, how's it going? How's it going? Doing good. Still recovering from SummerSlam? A little bit. Not too bad. Yeah. What about Raw last night? Uh, Raw was good last night. Raw was good shit. But SummerSlam on Sunday, you were there. Before we even get started into the review itself, the first match and whatever... What were your overall thoughts on the show? How, how how fun of a time did you have? I didn't see you afterwards. I thought it was really good. Um, thought most of the matches were pretty good. Besides, I thought Ziggler and Rooster was easily the worst match tonight. Agreed, yeah. Um, everyone was pretty pissed that um, they kind of had that weird finish at the end, double yeah. count out. And I kind of like, everyone wanted to see the end, and now they're going to probably continue that feud, so that kind of sucked. But, but all of the matches were pretty good. Uh, Ron Cena was amazing. Taker and Lesnar was good. Um, the tag team match is really good. I thought it was just a good show overall, so. Yeah, I think those matches, all three of the matches you just mentioned were probably the best matches of the night. I would also throw in their Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose against the Wyatt family. That was a pretty good match, too. Yeah, that was a really good match, too. Yeah, all the, all the matches, with the exception of Ziggler and Rusev, like you said, were probably good to great, especially the two main events. But opening the show, though, before we, got, before we get into the matches themselves... 
John Stewart, like they do every year, they have the host kick off the show. He got a pretty nice reaction. I saw some people say that the crowd was not for him. The crowd was okay for him. I, I was surprised um, that people thought that they weren't too that the crowd was not for him. That he opened the show. He he just talks about SummerSlam, whatever. Out comes Mick Foley making a surprise appearance. So, what were your thoughts in this segment to kick off the show? I thought it was good. They teased the Rock coming out, so I thought Rock was gonna come out, but then yeah. obviously Nick came out. Mm-hmm. I thought I don't know. I feel like the summer really didn't have any point. To it. it really didn't have any point to it. <laughs> no. I missed the uh, Nick Foley back in the dead every ring, and pretty much that was all it. Like it really didn't. He just talked up the show, and then Foley came out and did their thing, and that's pretty much it. it. Really didn't have any purpose at all. No, that was about it. Like you said, that was really funny though because. I think Foley said something. He came out, one of the first things that he said was that, I thought I was coming out here to interview The Rock. And everyone was like, oh shit, he's coming out. And I was I was getting nervous. Everyone was getting ready to pop, but he never ended up showing up. And all the returns happened the next night. But yeah, it was nice. I mean, Foley's from the area, so he got a good reaction. So it was cool to see him. But yeah, it was kind of was kind of pointless, though. But uh, yeah, that was a cool opening. But after that, though, our first official match, Sheamus and Randy Orton, about the millionth time we've seen this match. But still, it was good, though, having a pretty good match between the two. Sheamus, in the end, winning clean, much to a lot of people's surprise, myself included. Sheamus wins, Sheamus wins clean with the bro kicker, two of them, rather. And that was about it. Randy Orton getting a huge pop. Sheamus got good heat. So what were your thoughts on this match? I thought it was a good match, honestly. I thought it was probably one of their better matches they've had. And, um... Uh... I don't know, I thought Sheamus' entrance was so much better live. I don't know why. I liked it live. I thought it was nice. Yeah, agreed, I yeah. Like, I liked it. I don't know. I was a big fan of his entrance when he came out. But um, I thought the match was really good. And for what we've seen from there, it's probably one of their better matches. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I didn't think it was... I think, like, I don't know if I was talking to you about it before the show, but I feel like they definitely could have benefited from a stipulation of some kind. You know, the crowd wasn't like... It was surprising, because the next night they would do it with the Divas matches, which was pretty funny, but the crowd was not shitting all over this like I thought they would, like they were doing it the night after WrestleMania a couple years ago. Um, it, it wasn't a bad match. It's just that it just feels pointless by this point to keep on doing it, but in-ring-wise, though, it was a good match. Definitely one of their better bouts, and uh, what do you think about Sheamus winning clean? Do you think this is the end of the feud, or it'll continue going forward? Um, I think it should. Be, I think it should end the feud. If you want clean, then I think it's. I think it should just end the feud. Yeah, I just don't see any reason to keep on doing it unless they want to give Orton a shot at the briefcase, which would be. I mean, he lost, so it wouldn't make any sense. I just don't know what you do with both guys going forward. I could see maybe Randy Orton being the. Uh, the third guy in the Ambrose and Reigns thing, maybe teaming up with them, and then you do Orton and Wyatt for the fall. Could you see that happening, maybe? Yeah, I could see that. I think uh, they obviously need a third guy, so Randy Orton wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and then Sting's already doing the thing with the WWE title. We'll talk about that later, but he's doing that. And then Sheamus, maybe you could put him in the IC title picture, because I don't want to see Big Show and Miz in there anymore. I feel like that's been overplayed. So maybe you could put Sheamus in the IC title picture and kind of get that over with, you know? Yeah, I think that, I think Sheamus would be good in that role. I think, like you said, we've seen Big Show and uh, Miz there for the last couple of months. I think they need a new, uh, new fr- a fresher face in that division right now. Yeah, exactly. And Sheamus, he won clean, so technically he could say he deserves a shot at the title. So that's something I think we could see in Night of Champions. But after that, the WWE Tag Team title match. Surprisingly, one of the better matches of the night. Or, I mean, not really surprisingly. Because these matches, I mean, you were there at WrestleMania 30 for the... Or you were, Did you see that match at WrestleMania 30, the pre-show Tag Team title match? Or did you just miss it? Yeah, yeah I, I, we got in right when the Usos came out when I went. So, yeah, I saw that match at uh, WrestleMania. 
It's funny because they throw all these matches together at the last minute that people don't really care about. The Matadors have been involved every single time, but they're always really good, though. The in-ring work is not a problem. It's just the fact that a vision is dead. Um, but with the return last night from the Dudleys, we'll get to that in a minute. But it's finally starting to heat up again. But still, pretty good match. All four teams putting forth a good effort. The New Day above and beyond. One of the most over one of the most over acts, not only in this match, but I would argue on the entire show. It was crazy how over they were with this audience. It was amazing. But they had their new. Uh, they had their pre-match promo, and the crowd was going nuts for it. So the match happened. Like I said, pretty fun match. The New Day in the end. Kofi Kingston picking up the win for his team. The New Day, the new WWE Tag Team Champions. So what were your thoughts on the match? And you think it was the right move to put the belts back on the New Day? I thought the match was really good. I think they had like, a lot of good sequences. They had a couple of botches. I'm not going to... Yeah. The yeah. Matadors had a few botches. <laughs> good, uh, good car, but... Um, that was a pretty good match. Like you said, uh, New Day are a lot of heat. But, like, the crowd was cheering them a lot when they came out and sang uh, Empire State of Mind, a little remix. Um, but that was good, and then they won, and then their celebration was hilarious. But um, <laughs> yeah. I think the match was good, and the ending sequence was good when they had the electric chair bang, and then uh, Kobe Kings tagged himself in and then won. And, like, the, like I said, the celebration was hilarious, so it was good. Yeah, the post-match stuff was great. Those those guys are awesome. The next night on Raw was equally uh, equally entertaining when they had him come out with the trombone and they were doing the New York <laughs> thing. It was so funny. It's just hilarious because they, you know, I, no less than six months ago these guys were the worst thing on Monday Night Raw, and then you turn them heel, and after they won the tag team titles the first time, they became one of the most entertaining things in the entire company. And it was right. I mean, I feel like you know, of all these teams, I'm a big primetime players fan, but the New Day are one of the most overacts in the company right now, and it would be ridiculous not to put the belts back on them at this point in time. But then you go, you fast forward to next night on Monday Night Raw. They just got finished beating the Lucha Dragons with the players on commentary. Out of nowhere, the Dudley Boys music hits. The place comes unglued. They come out there to a massive ovation. They attack the New Day and leave them lying. And supposedly, they want the WWE Tag Team title. So what are your thoughts on the return of Team 3D? And do you think it's uh, it's time for the Tag Team division to kind of get a turnaround? And it's time for a renaissance in Tag Team Wrestling and WWE? I thought it was great to see the Dudley Boys come back. They have been in the WWE for, I think they said 10 years last night. So yeah. it's good to see the Dudley Boys come back. And I think I think it's going to bring something new, new to the Tag Team division. I think the Tag Team division is starting to heat up a little bit. But with the new, uh, like the Matadors and... And, like, they ripped that sanction. They really don't have a lot of tag teams, so I think Team 3D is kind of, like, rejuvenate the tag team division that's kind of seen, like, lackluster teams in the last couple of years. I think by the end of the year, if the Usos come back, they could have some great matches with uh, Team 3D if they stick around for, I don't know how long they're going to stick around for, but I think Usos and Team 3D would be a good match in the end of this year coming up. That would be amazing. Yeah, you have the Team 3D in there. You got the New Day, the players. You have the Dragons. You also got, like you said, the Usos coming back pretty soon. Cesaro and Kid. Hopefully, if they can reunite when Kid comes back, I don't know how soon that's going to be, but eventually, uh, maybe when Eric Rowan comes back, and they do have a new Wyatt family member, so they could always do that too. <laughs> Ambrose and Reigns, they could put in the tag team title picture at some point. So they have a lot of potential teams. And I was saying this last night, and we have to go to this show. TLC is in Boston this December. And do you think there's a large chance we could see uh, another, for the first time in about 15 years, a three-way TLC tag team title ladder match with Team 3D and maybe the Usos in another team? Yeah, I think, uh, I think they need to do that again. Um, 
I think that'd be now that you said that. Now you got me excited now. But um, <laughs> I think that would be nice. Then uh, at least a t- three-way ladder. Teal, like you said, TLC would be amazing. So I'd deal with that. Yeah. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think. TLC tickets, like you said, I don't know when they go on. I don't know when they go on sale. I'm pretty sure it's sometime next month because tickets for Survivor Series haven't even gone on sale yet. So we'll have to wait and see. But if the Dudley Boys are in action on that show, and from what I've been reading, they're going to be regulars going forward, doing all the house shows, Raws. They've signed multi-year deals, so they're going to be in here for the long run. So they'd they'd be ridiculous. They'd be stupid not to do a TLC match at TLC. I'm looking forward to it. So that was awesome. Um, but after that, though, the match that you said was probably the worst of the night, and I absolutely agree. Dolph Ziggler and Rusev, the feud has been awful. The acting's been awful. The match wasn't even that bad. Just the crowd didn't really care. And the only time the crowd came alive for it was when Lana and Rusev, or Lana and Summer Rae, rather, were going at it at ringside. They were more probably into that than they were the women's match later on in the night, which was pretty funny. Um, but the match wasn't even really that bad. It just kind of ended on the double countout. No one gave a shit. I see no reason for this feud to continue. So they should have just had one guy go over and just end it there. But kind of a waste. But yeah, what were your thoughts in this match? Honestly, I literally got up halfway the match with food. <laughs> I didn't care that much. My girlfriend's like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, honestly, I can give two shits who wins. And then literally I walked out like five minutes before the double countout. I'm like, this is this is stupid. <laughs> I wasn't that mad I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. There's nothing on the line here. And like I said, I just don't know why because this feud has been going on since May. I know Ziggler was out for a while. Rusev was injured for a while. But there's not like a high demand for a rematch at Night of Champions, much less on like Raw. You know, it's, it's SummerSlam. They should have just delivered the pinfall finish here and just get it over with. Because no one cares. You know, like you said, I don't think anyone gives yeah, a shit about this feud yeah, at all. They weren't fighting over anything. Exactly. Like, every one day if they're fighting over Lana or something like, here they had Summer Rae, so I made no, like, the whole fucking the feud sucked. <laughs> and then once they had Summer Rae, it made it even worse. The acting, the storyline, it was all just shit. And they should have just ended it at Summer yeah, uh, it might have been better. I mean, even if it was just something like a number one contenders match for the IC title or the US title or something, you know, just add something to it because no one gave a shit at all. That was the same thing with the women's match too that I'm saying that I was saying last night. Those matches they just mean nothing because nothing is on the line here, so no one has any incentive to care. But um, hopefully they wrap up this feud summer so sooner rather than later because it's a complete waste of time, you know. Yeah, exactly. Owens and Cesaro, I didn't have that big of a problem with, and we'll get to that a little bit later because it's just getting started. And I feel like they're gonna have you know more matches to come, of course. But with this feud, though, it's just been going on for so damn long that they should have just wrapped it up here with a no DQ match, and maybe that would have made it a little bit better. And it sucks too because both guys are really good. Rusev's a very good in ring athlete. Ziggler is Ziggler. He's awesome, but. Just no one cares about this feud. And then the next night on Raw, Ziggler's coming out wearing tights and the jean jacket shit. Like, what is going on? Like, it's awful, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, I 
It's terrible. So I don't know. Hopefully they can wrap up this feud sooner rather than later. So after the match, though, we have, after that match, we have the tag team match between Neville and Stephen Amell against Stardust and King Barrett. Another nice little match. I mean, the crowd wasn't way into it, but they did appreciate Amell. He didn't get booed or anything like that. He did actually pretty well. He sold. He sold for a majority of the match. I was surprised that he was going to get the hot tag, but um, he did very well. Neville hit the red arrow to pick up the victory in King Barrett, and that was about it. So what were your thoughts in this match? It was another match I really didn't give two shits about. Um, just like another celebrity match that I really had no interest in, so it met my expectations of what it was going to be like. I knew the base chase was going to win, and pretty much I could tell off the and King Barrett have no momentum, so that really didn't help the crowd not get into the match. And I don't think it helped. I mean, Stardust will do fine on his own, but then the very next night you have Stardust, because, you know, people were asking whether... Stardust and Barrett will continue the team going forward, and then you had Stardust attack him the very next night on Raw, so I guess that's not going to be a thing going forward at all, and Barrett's back to being a jobber. I mean, he jobbed at SummerSlam, but still, um, so that was kind of a waste. I just think the predictability of it kind of hurt it a little bit, because you knew the baby faces were going to win. There was no doubt about it whatsoever. Um, I mean, it was a fun match. It wasn't bad, but I don't think people really cared all that much, because the outcome was never really in doubt. But one thing I did notice that, that kind of stuck out to me was that Amel, he wasn't, he just kind of wore shorts and that was it. I thought he was coming out wearing like the Green Arrow gear. They didn't even call him the Green Arrow. They just called him the Steve, they just called him Stephen Amel. So I was kind of surprised about that. He came out wearing a hood, but other than that though, he didn't wear any Green Arrow gear or his getup or anything like that. So what were your thoughts on, on that little tidbit? I really didn't, honestly really didn't think of it. I don't know. I just didn't really Stephen Amel, so. Yeah. But so the next match after that for the Intercontinental Championship, we had uh, Ryback and Miz and Big Show triple threat for the IC title. About a four or five minute match. The match was pretty short, and thankfully so. I mean, the match wasn't really all that great to begin with, but um, you know they they held their own. They filled the time well. They all kind of got in their spots. Big Show or Ry- or Miz rather at one point. Hit skull-crushing finale on Ryback. Almost picked up the win. Got a nice little pop there. Ryback in the end after Miz hit the... Uh, after he knocked out Big Show, Big Show was out on the ground and whatever happened. Or no, Miz was out on the ground. Big Show knocked him out. Ryback tosses Big Show out of the ring. Picks up the win and is still the Intercontinental Champion. So what were your thoughts on the IC title match? I thought that title match wasn't, wasn't bad. Like you said, was a long match. But uh, all three guys got their little five minutes of fame. I guess they all had their little spots, but... I think that was also predictable that Ryback was going to win. Um, no, I didn't see Miz winning, and I pray to God that Big Show <laughs> win. So the match was good, and it, like you said, they did enough. They did good for how much time they were given. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if they went anything longer than the four or five minutes they were given, I think people were going to be shitting all over. There were some people behind us that were chanting, like, same old shit and boring and whatever. It really was not that bad. If it was Ryback and Big Show one-on-one, that I could probably see that happening. Um, and thankfully, that's not... I mean, hopefully, that's not the feud they're going with. If it's Ryback and Big Show Night of Champions, people are going to shit all over that. So hopefully, that's not in the cards. But yeah, for the five minutes they were given, they filled the time well. It was a fine match. Right person went over. That's really all you can really ask for. So after that tag team match, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose against Bray Wyatt and Luke Hopper, like I said before, probably one of the night's more underrated matches. I thought this was very, very good. All four guys work very well together. 
Um, very entertaining match from start to finish. Did some cool little stuff on the outside with Ambrose running across the commentary tables and attacking Bray Wyatt on the outside. Luke Harper was good here. But in the end, though, it was the baby faces going over. Both of uh, Dean Ambrose and Reigns hit their finishers on Bray Wyatt to pick up the win. So a good match. My only complaint was that Bray Wyatt took both finishers and lost for the team. I was kind of shocked about that. Not only that they lost clean, but that it was um, Wyatt who picked up the pinfall loss and it wasn't Harper. So that was kind of shocking, but... Um, what was going through your head during this match, the tag team match? I thought the, I thought the tag team match was good. I thought it was going to be one of the better matches tonight. Like I said, they had their good spots. I was a little pissed that wide at the clean finish. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people were more pissed that they thought there was going to be a heel turn, but that didn't happen. So I think more people were worried about that. Like all the people I was sitting next to were like, oh my gosh, Brains are here. going to turn heel on the night. They, they, I feel like they kind of, well, from a live standpoint, I kind of thought they were kind of cute. It's like, one person was in front of the other person. I was like, oh my God, he's about to turn on him, but then nothing really happened. So. Yeah. But I thought the match was good. I, I thought you said I wish uh, Harper took the pinfall, but can't really... Yeah, I mean, at one, at one point during the match, or at the finishing sequence anyway, when um, Ambrose had... Or Reigns was about to hit his finisher on Bray Wyatt. It looked like... Ambrose, he was right next to him on the ropes, and some people around me were thinking that he was about to turn. But now I was saying this beforehand, I just don't think it would have made any sense. I mean, I mean, with all the play-up of the buddy-buddy thing, he, one of them's going to turn eventually, there's no doubt about that. But I just feel like, in Brooklyn anyway, because Reigns was very, it was a very anti-Reigns crowd. I was, I knew that he was going to get a negative reaction, but I didn't think it was going to be that big. Like, the crowd did not like Roman Reigns at all. And they loved Dean Ambrose, so there was no way they were going to do the turn there, but... Um, it was the very next night, though, on Monday Night Raw, we have a new Wyatt family member, Braun Strowman, I believe his name is, one of the former Rosebuds of Adam Rose, he was shown for a while in NXT, but he they did a rematch the very next night on Raw, another good match when the two teams ended in DQ after this guy got in, involved, attacked both of them, and he is the new Wyatt family member. So what are your thoughts on uh, Braun Strowman being added to the mix in the Wyatt family? The guy is a monster. I was pretty shocked when I saw him come out. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. But um, he kind of brings like an actual physical presence that Eric Rowan never really brought. So I think it's good for the Wyatt family. And um, to your point, Rowan is getting booed. When I was at the fan meet and greet, when he walked by the Seth Rollins one, they like booed him out of the building. He was pissed. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't think Brooklyn's a big fan of Rowan Reigns, so... Yeah, I guess not. So, yeah, I, it's probably for the better that neither... I mean, if Rowan Reigns turned here, it probably would have been for the better. But, like I said, they're probably holding off on that. But, the, yeah, Braun Strowman, though, that guy is a fucking monster. Like, they were putting it over on commentary how much bigger he was than Luke Harper, who was a monster in his own right. And I guess Eric Rowan... A lot of people, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're just out of the loop or what. And Brooklyn's a very well-informed crowd. It's a very smarky crowd. You would think they would know, but... Eric Rowan's been injured. It's not because they didn't want to bring him back or something. I'm surprised a lot of people aren't don't know that he's injured. I mean, they never mentioned it on TV, but some people just think that they, they just didn't want to use him. They didn't want to put him back with the Wyatt family. I mean, the only reason this guy's in the family is because Rowan's going to be out for the next couple of months, and I'm sure when they when he comes back, they'll probably put him in. There's no reason why they can't do uh, you know, a, a four-man stable. There's no reason why they can't bring him back in. But, yeah, I, I don't know how good he is in the ring. He might be horrendous for all we know, but Roan was never all that great either, so we'll have to wait and see. But, um, like you said, he definitely brings that physical presence to the group that wasn't there before, and hopefully it can help Bray Wyatt and Harper and company kind of get their heat back after the family's just been kind of... You know, Bray Wyatt's been losing match after match after match, so hopefully this kind of uh, 
helps them regain their momentum going forward. So after that, for the WWE World Heavyweight title and the United States Championship, I'm going to have to agree with you, probably the match of the night in my opinion. Rollins and Cena, an amazing match. I mean, I think a lot of people were praising it on the way out, and I've, I've seen a lot of people praise it online, but I still don't think it's getting the credit it deserves. Maybe it's just because we were there live, I have no idea. But just this match, these two have such amazing chemistry with one another. And they've always had great matches, but I thought this was far and beyond the best match they've ever had. Just not only because what was at stake, but just the reversals and the counters and the suspense and the near falls. Rollins hitting the AA and the feat of strength that he had and almost hitting the Phoenix Splash and going for it at one point and the finish, which a lot of people hated. We'll get to that in a minute. But even before the finish, though, what were your thoughts on Cena and Rollins in the title for title match? Probably, probably one of the best matches I've ever seen live in my yep. opinion. Uh, Same. Uh, like, I'm just, when Ron Cena came out, everyone was booing him. I'm like, they're going to cheer Ron like he's the biggest baby face in the company. And he <laughs> was treated like a star when yeah. he came out. Yep. The crowd was all behind Seth Rollins, and they're barely, everyone was against Cena, too. So, I think when Ron came out with the new white gear, everyone was going nuts. And it, just, uh, it was just a big-time match, and it was amazing to be alive. Yeah, that was incredible. I loved how Rollins... I mean, Cena was going to be booed regardless, but Rollins came out. You know, just because Cena gets universally booed doesn't always mean that his opponent's going to get cheered, but Rollins was, like you said, treated like an absolute star on this show. He came out with the, the all-white attire looking like God. It, w- it was incredible. The guy was an absolute star on the show, and it was amazing to see live, but... A lot of great counters, a lot of great reversals. The finish came. He almost hit the AA, the attitude adjustment on Rollins, or he did, and the referee got knocked out, and um, there was no one to make the count. Now comes John Stewart. A lot of people, I mean, I thought there was a slight chance you could get involved and help Cena win the belt, and I was getting pissed. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. And he's about to hit Rollins with the chair, and he turns around and hits John Cena instead and um, helps Rollins win with the pedigree on the chair. So Seth Rollins, the new United States champion and still the WWE World Heavyweight Champion for the first time ever. Um, John Stewart goes heel. A lot of people, again, I mean, I can understand the main event, but this match, or this finish anyway, the place went crazy when he attacked uh, when he attacked John Cena. And I thought it was a clever finish, especially given the explanation he gave the next night on Raw with being a wrestling fan and not wanting Cena to break the record. I thought it was a great explanation. It was a nice little swerve. Typically, it's like WCW-level bullshit, something that TNA would do when you get a celebrity involved, but... It makes sense. I mean, it wasn't completely random. It helps Rollins win. He wasn't going to win clean. I mean, a lot of people thought that was going to happen. There was no way that was going to happen. So, um, But I thought the finish was good. I mean, I had no problem with it whatsoever. What were your thoughts on that? I, I, I thought when I saw Stewart come out, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I screw Rollins. I'm going to be so mad. But I think the finish was good. I think it was creative. Like you said, like, he had the explanation that actually made sense. But... It makes sense, but Rich Flair did come out like last week and say that he didn't really he like endorsed seeing it a win. So I guess it makes sense, but kind of like what Rich Flair said publicly last week. But uh, I think it was good. Like I said, the crowd loved it anyway, so it didn't like even though it was kind of like a swear, people still wanted Rollins to win. So it was a creative idea. Pedigree on the chair. Ref comes back in one, two, three. Got a new uh, United States and World Heavyweight Champion. So. Uh, I've marked out, I marked my ass off when Braun got the pen. I was so, so on a few right in front of me, so it was a great moment. 
Yeah, it was amazing to see live. And I know after we watched, you know, him cash in at WrestleMania, this was probably a bigger markout moment than that. This was <laughs> this was incredible. The whole place came unglued when he got the one, two, three. But yeah, the Ric Flair thing I thought was confusing too. He didn't really say much. He never he always comes on Raw and he always just kinda stands there. For more often than not, he just kinda does nothing when it comes to Raw, which is weird, but I don't know if they don't have faith in him to talk. I, I really have no idea, but that was a little weird. I mean, it kind of went against the whole thing about Stewart costing Cena the win, regardless. I mean, the, the, you know, to begin with, because he endorsed Cena bra- breaking the record eventually. He said it's going to happen eventually, like we all really know. But he said he had no problem with John Cena doing it. I know they don't want to re- turn Ric Flair heel because the guy's so beloved. Maybe they can't get away with it. But um, I think it'd be pretty fun if they had a manage. I don't know if it'd be Seth Rollins, but and it doesn't look like John Cena's going to be going after the WWE title again. At any point in the near future, at any point in the near future, anyway. So um, it probably wouldn't be Seth Rollins, but um, anyone, you know, with the next time John Cena goes to that belt and they want to have him, you know, they don't want to have him break that record or tie the record. He should manage whoever it is, whether it be I don't know, a Dolph Ziggler or whoever. Um, it might, it might, it might be a little fun little thing for Ric Flair to do and kind of add to the chase, but. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I thought that was a little weird segment, the next segment on Raw. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on the segment on Raw featuring uh, Flair, Cena, and Stewart the very next night? I figured Cena would obviously try to get redemption on Stewart, but like you said, Flair really didn't say much. He kind of stood there and said, just a little stick out. He didn't care that Cena won, but besides that, he didn't say anything. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. Like you said, Flair's been on Raw a couple times, and they never really let him do anything. He kind of stands there and looks like an idiot, so... Yeah, well, I mean, I think the use of Stewart, this, you know, even going back to earlier this year, the whole the Daily Show segment, that was great, but this was even better. You know, Stewart is a real wrestling fan, so their use of him on this show was fantastic. It was exactly what they needed to do. Better than any of the shit we saw during the guest host era, by by and large, better than anything we saw back in 2009 or 2010 with the guest host shit they were doing with all those people. Um, it's just incredible. When they bring in a fan that actually knows the product and knows wrestling, it makes it so much better. But, you know, undoubtedly a first ballot WWE Hall of Famer in the celebrity wing. I mean, he's already done more than anyone else in the WWE Hall of Fame right now. So uh, I'm looking forward to... Maybe even next year, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if they wanted to capitalize on his, um, you know, mainstream publicity right now. But having him go in next year, I would not be surprised at all. But yeah, the use of Stewart I thought was great. So both on SummerSlam and on Raw. So after that, we had for the women's match, Team PCB, Team Bell, and Team Bad three-team elimination match. Not a bad match. It's just it was clunky in some spots. The, the elimination of Team Bad was. Kind of anticlimactic. Sasha Banks was barely in the match. That was kind of disappointing. Tamina did most of the in-ring work, which was a mind-boggling decision. It was good that she got pinned, but the fact she was in for a majority of the match was stupid because she's the worst of the three. Um, then Team Bella and Team PCB, it, was, it wasn't It was a bad match. It's just that with nothing on the line, no one really cares. I mean, the people liked the women. They were hot for Charlotte. They were hot for Becky. They were hot for Paige for the most part. But other than that, though, people just kind of sat on their hands because there's nothing on the line here. As we saw the next one on Raw with that awful Miz TV segment, that was terrible. And um, I just don't know what they're doing, the whole Divas Revolution thing. So what were your thoughts on this match and kind of the quote-unquote Divas Revolution that's going on right now? Yeah, I was going to agree with you. Like, Team Bad have no, like, Naomi and Sasha Banks are barely in the match. And Tamina, like, their workhorse. (laughs) 
I like I said, it's good to see her get pinned, but like it's so random that like I read when they put like after they all did like the whole dive out of the ring and then Becky threw uh Jimmy in the ring, I was like, Oh, she's definitely a tap out of pen and like I said, very anticlimactic they lose. And then the Bellas versus PCB it was pretty pretty easy that the PCB was gonna win. Brie Bell had a wicked bad botch at the end of the match. I totally missed a drop kick. I think it kind of like Becky Lynch like looked at it and was like, "What the hell?" And she just pulls out like a random move and then like anticlimactically count one, two, three. Like I don't think anyone thought that was really the finish of the match. But, yeah, yeah. Now that yeah, I didn't. Um, yeah, exactly. But then yeah, and then last night in Raw, the segment with Miss TV was horrendous. <laughs> and then the match wasn't that good either. And then people were shitting all over. Him, and I guess the viewers weren't happy about no. um, Brooklyn was shitting all over him. That's the thing, too. I, it's not the crowd's fault. I mean, I could see, like, at certain points with um, the crowd kind of getting out of hand. Like, the We Are Awesome change of that was kind of dumb. But everything else, though, I, was, I didn't really have a problem with because it's not that the match was terrible. I mean, the match wasn't good, I mean, per se, the, the six Divas tag team match on Raw. But it wasn't really that. It wasn't terrible. It's just that none of these matches mean anything. And, I mean, I don't know how much stock and how much faith to put in how much truth there is to the report that was kind of circulating online. At first, I thought it was bullshit, but then D- Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer, whoever it was, kind of endorsed it or said that it may or may not be true. I'm not really sure, but um, that John Cena kind of nixed all the plans for Charlotte to win the belt almost immediately being called up. So it looks like Nikki's going to be breaking the record, I mean, which was kind of a foregone conclusion anyway. I mean, they're not going to have her hold it this long and not have her beat it. So, um, But still, I mean, that was I don't know what to think of that. And then... It's just there's so many matches that they're having, you know, the multi-diva matches, which is good. They got a lot of in-ring time, but it's just that the matches don't mean anything, and the crowd's crapping all over it. I mean, I know Mick Foley wasn't happy. Like, last week when they were chanting, we want Lesnar during the match, I understand that. That was a bit disrespectful, but during this match, the crowd shitting all over it isn't because of the women. It's just the way they're being booked. Like, um, the whole... Uh, not PCB or just you know Charlotte and Becky they have no character development they they're they're being scripted beyond belief their promos were terrible they came off like total bitches in that segment and they're supposed to be baby faces like it doesn't make any sense but what do you think they need to do in order to kind of get this whole revolution so to speak back on track and kind of get back women women's wrestling to what it should be like it is like it is in NXT right now Given people, like you said, people aren't going to give a shit about every week having a six-man, six-woman tag match. That means absolutely nothing. Like PCB wins every time, and nothing's came out of it. Or Sasha Banks is paying Nikki Bella once or twice, and they have tap out, and nothing's came out of it. So why should people give a shit? Like if nothing's on the line, then the matches mean nothing because people have beaten Nikki Bella many times, but no one's got a title shot. That makes no sense at all. Exactly, they make a big deal. I mean, Charlotte was like two or three weeks ago. She beat Nikki in that match. She made her. She ta- she tapped her out in that singles match, or it was a tag team match rather. And then, like you said, Banks last weekend Raw beat Nikki Bell in that champion and champion match, which meant nothing. But and then nothing came out of it. They like treat it as a big deal in the moment, but. I mean, you would never know that either of them beat the champion because they don't ever mention it. They never even bothered to, you know, bring that up during uh, at SummerSlam or on Raw or whatever. They just treat it like an afterthought. And it made basically. I mean, the belt really was never all that prestigious to begin with. But you know, why bother having a championship if no one's going to go after it? She hasn't defended the belt since June, maybe since Money in the Bank, and that was over two and a half months ago. So I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do. Or I mean, she has to defend it and not a champions, but. 
They only have a month, and they should have established that last night. I mean, even at SummerSlam, you know, when Brie Bella got pinned, why not have someone pin Nikki Bella, like a Charlotte or a Becky or Banks or somebody, pin um, uh, pin Nikki in order to establish themselves as the new number one contender to that title? It doesn't make any sense, so hopefully they can... Um, I mean, it's great they're getting more time, which is good, but the matches are going to continue to get shit on by these crowds. They're not going to care... Unless they find out, you know, unless one of them is chasing the gold, which is what this whole thing should be about, not these faction wars that no one gives two shits about. So hopefully they can improve upon that in, in coming months because all these women are too talented to be wasted. But anyway, um, going forward on the SummerSlam card here, Kevin Owens and Cesaro having a pretty good match. I mean, not their, I mean, it's not like they've had many matches to begin with, but um, I mean, sure, I'm, I'm positive they're going to be having more matches, you know, going forward. So it's, it's smart they kind of held off and didn't go all out right before the main event. But for what it was, though, a really good match. Everyone wanted kind of both guys to win, so they didn't really side with one guy over the other. But, um, yeah, very good match. In the end, Kevin Owens, thankfully, going over clean. I love Cesaro, but Owens, especially coming off the takeover loss, needed to win here, and he did so in clean fashion. That was great to see. So, um, Kevin Owens is your victor. So, what were your thoughts on Kevin Owens versus Cesaro from SummerSlam? Yeah, like you said, I think uh, both people are cheered very well. So, I think I think everyone wanted both guys to win. So, But they were right for the main event. They really didn't pull out too much big stuff because they said they want to kill the crowd before the main event but it's good to see Owens go clean because he lost to Cena in the past and like he said lost to takeover so good to see Owens win and I don't think it really hurts his heart to lose so yeah, I don't think it really hurts Cesaro at all. I mean, the guy's been involved in big matches for the last couple of months, and he always loses, and he's still over regardless. I'm not saying he should always lose, but I think it was a lot easier for him to kind of get his momentum back, his heat back, whatever, as opposed to Owens, who has hardly won any matches since losing to John Cena last month at Battlegrounds, and they really needed a big win for him here. After losing at Money in the Bank, then again at Battleground, so it was good to see him spotlighted in this match by um, winning, so that's good to see, and like I said, hopefully the feud will continue in the weeks and months to come, maybe, maybe we get another match in Night of Champions next month. So then we get to the main event, The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, um, the rematch from WrestleMania 30, and of course, only 10 seconds in was it better than the uh, than the WrestleMania match. These guys just went all out, and it was awesome to see. I mean, you were already at WrestleMania 30, but... Um, for John and I and a few others in the arena, getting to see Taker and Lesnar live for the first time was pretty cool. The the whole entrance was amazing. But the match was um, very, very good. You know, a lot better than the WrestleMania match, which goes without saying. A lot of good near falls, hitting the F5 to the table at ringside, which was great to see. Both guys locking in Hell's Gate in the Kimura. And a very, very good match. And then we get to the finish. And it was really confusing. I mean, you don't have the commentators kind of backing it up, I'm sure it was more clear, I mean, even, you know, viewers around the world watching the network were confused, but just watching in person was really confusing, because you barely could hear, I mean, you heard the bell ring, um, but it looked like Charles Robinson counted one, and that was it, but it was really fucking confusing, and then you see Taker low blow Brock Lesnar, and he locks him in the submission hole, Lesnar doesn't tap out, they ring the bell again, because he passes out, and Taker wins, supposedly, and then after the match, they show the replay, and Taker tapped out, and Heyman gets in the mic, and says that Lesnar won, and, you know, with 20 minutes, or, I mean, it wasn't the issue the show ended early, I don't think that was a problem at all, TakeOver went 20 minutes late, um, so I was kind of happy that this show ended 20 minutes early, but it wasn't even that, it felt like with so much time left, they could have, you know, some people were hoping that Taker was going to come back out, and they were going to finish the match, but they didn't, you know, they just had Lesnar's music to end the show, and that was it, so what were your thoughts on the match and the kind of controversial finish that has a lot of people upset? I thought the match was good. Like I said, it was way better than 
Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah, the confusing part about the finish was that they never really determined who the winner was. I mean, I had to look up afterwards whether Undertaker was the official winner of the match because they never really made that clear, um, especially given the post-match stuff and the referee saw that, Charles Robinson saw the replay, so it was kind of confusing. I mean, I wouldn't call it shit. I mean, I'll definitely call it confusing because it really left a lot of people shocked, but I won't call it shit because I feel like it's something, first of all, that we've never seen before. It doesn't make it necessarily good, but... They obviously want to build towards a rematch, which I'm not really in favor of. I do not want to see a match at WrestleMania 30. They have to blow it off before. Then if they do it at WrestleMania 30, 32, um, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with Brock Lesnar in the next six months. I mean, the guy's you know working more dates than he was the first time, the last couple of years. So, Which means he's going to be making appearances that shows in the next couple of months. So what the hell is he going to do if he's not going after Taker? You know, some people are saying maybe Hall in a Cell, and we'll get to that in a minute. But just... I mean, I guess they didn't want to do a clean finish, which they should have, but they didn't. You know, it's a lot better than Lesnar tapping out clean, I'll say that much. I mean, that, that would have been the ultimate, probably the worst thing they could, they could have done with Lesnar getting pinned clean or submitting clean, and they still wanted to protect Taker, so I, I get where they're coming from, but I just don't really want to see a rematch unless it's going to be a lot like last night, which was really, really good. But yeah, I just left a lot of people confused, especially after a lot of the main events of the pay-per-views in recent months have ended in controversy or just no DQ or, I mean, and disqualification or no contest or whatever. It was kind of uh, very controversial. A lot of people were not happy with it. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was very, you know, shocking. Um, but a rematch, though, are, do you want to see a rematch and do you want to see it at a place like Hell in a Cell or Survivor Series, the 25th anniversary of Undertaker's, the debut of his character? So where could you see the rematch happening and do you want to see one? I really don't want to see no rematch, but... If they had to have another one, I'd rather see a Hell in a Cell or Survivor Series than have it at WrestleMania again. Yeah, I think by WrestleMania, WrestleMania 32, they're either going to have Lesnar... I mean, there's been a lot of rumors of him facing Rock again, which I was not too high on, but I'd much rather see that than Lesnar and Taker for a third time. I mean, the match was good, it's just that it doesn't serve any purpose, so... Like I said, Lesnar didn't... I mean, he has been unpinned since WrestleMania 29. He was not pinned last night. He passed out. He didn't even tap. So, in my in my book, he, he's still, you know, quote-unquote undefeated since WrestleMania 29. So, there is still that. And Taker gets a, a, a kind of a win out of it. He's a heel, I guess, with the low blow. So, I don't know how they're going to make him a heel going into a retirement match at WrestleMania 32 if he's supposed to be the big baby face. I don't know. It's really confusing, but... I didn't hate the finish like a lot of people did, but it, it was definitely confusing to say the least. So after that, though, and the show was over. That kind of concluded the show, and SummerSlam 2015 is in the books. So 
What were your thoughts on SummerSlam 2015 on the whole, and what would you rate it out of 10? That was a really good show. So they had a lot of good matches. The only match I really didn't like were Ziggler and uh, Rusev and the Stephen Amell and another and Neville and Barrett and Stardust is kind of bad too. So on the whole, I'd probably say uh, probably like a seven or seven point five out of ten. It wasn't like the greatest show of all time, but the matches that were big uh, delivered to how much hype they had. So I'd probably say seven, seven and a half. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing too, and I have to agree with that. Seven or seven and a half is probably what I would rate this show. I mean, being there live was it was well worth it just for the uh, for the WWE title match alone. That was amazing, just to see um, Rollins and Cena in the main event too. But the rest of the card it wasn't bad. You know, Rusev and Ziggler was the only lackluster match in the entire show. All the other matches weren't great, but they were good, and it was a good SummerSlam. Not terrible by any stretch. Not as good as some other years, but um, de- definitely just being there live was a hell of an experience, and you know, it was great to be able to be there. But before we close off here, I mean, well, I forgot to mention this during the WWE title match discussion, but we might as well mention it now because we were talking about it last night and this morning. Sting is now the new number one contender to the WWE Championship. Come Night of Champions. So, RJ, you had a lot of thoughts on this, and you made a good point. I, I forgot to text you back, but I saw your text about the um, Triple H, you know, maybe facing Rollins at Survivor Series. And but before we even get to that, though, what what are your thoughts on Sting being named the new number one contender to the WWE title come Night of Champions? Sting makes no sense at all. He hasn't done anything to deserve a title match, and it makes no sense that he's coming back for Triple H and the Authority because they literally fought WrestleMania. Triple H beat him. And then they shook hands after the match, and then he left the next night, and, like, then randomly appears again a couple months later, now he's after the authority again, which makes no sense because he already made up with Triple H after the match at WrestleMania, and then how does, just because he came back last night and ruined his ceremony, how does that just justify him getting a WWE World Heavyweight Championship match? The thing was, was that I thought it was a cool moment, but the thing was, and I was about to text you too, but then I found, I didn't watch the post-match announcement until after I saw your text, because I figured, okay, Sting wants a WWE Championship, makes sense, but Triple H could use the logic next week on Raw saying, I beat you at WrestleMania, what have you done to deserve a title match, and then he'll do something to get it, I don't know, but they could have used that logic saying, you know, because they're heel authority figures, so they're not going to grant him a title match off the bat, they could have just said, what have you done to deserve a title match? But, you know, you want the title, so I'm not going to give you that championship until you deserve it, or a title match until you deserve it. But before I could even tell you that, they, they confirmed it right on the after show on the network that they are facing off and out of champions for that belt because Triple H says that he wants Seth Rollins to end him, which I, is kind of a cop-out answer. That doesn't really make much sense. I'm hoping we get more answers next week on Raw. I mean, that's kind of putting too much faith in WWE Creative, which is, you know, infamous for not really making much sense to begin with. Um, I mean, it's a big get for Night of Champions. It's awesome that Sting's going to be on the show. But, yeah, I mean, not even that Triple... I mean, when Triple H beat Sting, the fact that he lost, but just even the post-match stuff, like you said, when he shook hands with Sting, made absolutely no fucking sense at all, especially considering all these months later, they had to at least think they were going to cross past that at, at some point, Triple H and Sting, that is. And, I mean, even the match, it's, it's not, you know, like you said, from a storyline standpoint, for Sting to be going after the title makes no sense. Or at least, I know he wants a title, but for him to be granted a title match, rather, makes no sense. But then you go back to Survivor Series, and then earlier this year when he came back right before the Rumble, he does have history with Seth Rollins, so you can kind of play off of that, and it was a match a lot of people wanted to see at WrestleMania, maybe even over Triple H. So, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But hopefully it's something that can be addressed 
um, ne- next week on Raw. So, any more thoughts on the on the Sting t- on the uh, Sting WWE Championship discussion? I think I think it would make like you said he has history with the Rawls, but I think it would make more sense if the authority like was was gone still, and like that's the reason they're fighting to get the authority back. But because that's like really the only time him and Rawls really had. Like any beef was because he cost Rollins to lose and the authority lost. Besides that, him and Rollins really haven't had any interaction. But um, I, know, I just don't think Sting should be in the WWE title picture, and I think it's 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 weird too because Sting didn't hasn't won a match yet in WWE, so like I don't think he should win the title, and I don't think I think another loss would make it look like it looks bad for him because he hasn't won anything since he's been back. Yeah. He should have won WrestleMania anyways, but that's another story for another day. Yeah, yeah, that that one loss kind of fucked up everything for Sting going forward because he has to win his next match, and maybe he wins it by DQ. That would kind of feel anticlimactic, especially after all the, the non-finishes recently at you know all the recent pay-per-views. So I don't know what they're going to do. I, I mean, like I told you via text, they could have Sting win, give him his moment, and give the belt right back to Rollins. At, someone even mentioned, I was thinking of Hell in the Cell, but they could even very well do it at the fucking um, MSG show. They're doing on that on the network, the live special, on uh, early October, October 3rd or something like that. So they could very well do it then, give him a two-week title reign or do the next night on Raw. Sheamus cashing in, I'm... I, don't want to see it. What, what the fuck can he do? Sheamus and Sting at, at Hell in the Cell or something? That would make no sense. I don't want to see Sting, Sheamus, and Rollins in a triple threat. That'd be so stupid. So I, I'd rather just see if Sting's going to get his big win, I'm fine with that. You just have to give the belt right back to Seth Rollins. I mean, I'd rather see him get one long reign, but if they have to do that, I'm fine with it just to give Sting a win. And then maybe someone costs you know, Sting the win at MSG. Maybe it's Undertaker, but he's still doing the thing with Lesnar. I have no idea, but... We'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's um, definitely something to look forward to. Last night's Raw was really good, so hopefully they can kind of carry this momentum going into the fall, unlike previous years when the when the, the fall seasons in WWE have not been that great. So hopefully this year will be different with uh, the Dudley Boys and um, Sting being back and all this other kind of stuff going on right now. Brock Lesnar making more appearances, so only time will tell. But that is SummerSlam 2015. So, RJ, glad you had fun at the show. Great seeing you on Sunday. But um, before we let you go, any plugs you'd like to make, your Twitter and, and what else? Yeah, uh, I have one other thing I'll say. Can you see um, maybe Undertaker screaming Sting at Night of Champions, maybe? <sighs> that's a good That's a good idea. I was thinking, I was really hoping he was going to get involved at, at SummerSlam, but unfortunately he didn't. I was glad fucking, you know, a lot of people, I'm surprised. I don't know about where you were sitting, but... A lot of people where I were, where I was sitting, were like, "Oh, I would love to see Kane, on, you know, come out in the main event." Like, in what world would you want to see Kane come out? You know, I even if he was masked, I don't want to see fucking. I don't want to see Kane. I mean, as much. I mean, I'm. I want to see Sting and Rollins at Summer at Night of Champions. I know you have your issues with that match, but I think we can agree that it's so much better than Rollins and Kane. I don't want to see Rollins and Kane at Night of Champions, mask or no mask. I just don't want to see Kane in the title picture at any point. I'd rather see Sting with the belt for. Two weeks in Kane, but I just I, I don't know I don't know why, why people would really want to see that. Brothers of Destruction I get it but I don't want to see him in the main event at all I'm done with Kane for right now but I like Kane I just I'm just so done with that um, but yeah no yeah the Undertaker Sting thing and out of Champions like you said with the MSG show about you know maybe Sting cost or Taker costing him the belt. It's just that he's still doing the thing with Lesnar, and they have to do a rematch there. Unless they do a third match in Out of Champions, and they're probably not because they would have announced it already. 
Um, it would be nice. Maybe they could do something with Sting and Taker at Survivor Series, but I mean, I feel like if they're going to set up a Sting and Taker match, it should have been last night. So I don't know what they're going to do with that, but it, it is a good idea, though. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think if Rollins beats Sting, then I just think it's, it's going to be hard for them to book him further on in the heel because he's really fa- he's faced a lot of people. There's not a lot of babies in the wrestle anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of who they can build up to face Rollins. To, yeah, to face Rollins with the belt. I mean, there's we've already done Ambrose a couple of times. Roman Reigns, there's him, but he's kind of doing the whole thing with Ambrose right now. So maybe later on in the fall, and I don't want to see him take the belt off of him right now. But uh, nah, Ziggler's done. Um, Cesaro, maybe if they really wanted to, I could see that as a main event on a B show. Cesaro wouldn't win, but. I could see him as a potential contender to the title. There's really no one else that's as over as Cesaro and as high up on the card as Cesaro. That would make sense at this period of time that we haven't already seen. You know, with Orton and Ambrose and Cena and Lesnar and everyone else. So, um, I don't know. I mean, after Sting, I don't know what they're going to do with Rollins. I mean, I'm, I'm in full... I'm still in full favor of them hold, uh, putting the uh, putting or keeping the belt in him rather until WrestleMania. I think that'd be completely fine if they wanted to keep the championship on him until WrestleMania, where you could do that triple threat match with the Shield. But you, you didn't. You, I forgot to ask you about this before. But what was your idea regarding Triple H at Survivor Series, though? Was my idea about Triple H at Survivor Series? Yeah, when you said that he can get a big head and they can do that match at Survivor Series between Rollins and Triple H. I just think that'd be a good match. I think they could finally break Rollins away from the authority, which which he should be away from the authority by now. But they you break away by away from the authority by beating Triple H at Survivor Series. Belt or no belt, I think they could easily do that too. Yeah, I, I think it's a good possibility that we'll see that match at some point. It has to happen at some point. It's a match that you know we've been waiting for since Rollins versus the line with Triple H. But and I think it's good too because. With that scenario, anyway, at Survivor Series, you could do it because at WrestleMania, like I said, a lot of people want to see that Shield triple threat, which is, I could very well see that happening. I think it's a very good chance we could see that match at WrestleMania this year, which would mean we still need to get that Triple H Rollins match, which you can do right before Survivor Series or right before WrestleMania at Survivor Series. And Rollins is, by and large, the greatest heel in WWE right now. He's the top heel, not only because he's champion, he's just the best heel, period. And um, I just feel like there's no reason to turn him. But in turning Triple H, though, I mean, at the NXT Takeover special, the guy was you know beloved. I mean, the guy's such a he, you know people love Triple H. He doesn't have to be a top tier babyface in the roster as a wrestler, but as an authority figure, as you know someone that shows up every once in a while, isn't on the show every single goddamn week, and isn't opening up Raw with 20 minute promos. I think he'd be fine in that role. So I feel like a Rollins Triple H match with with Triple H, like you said, kind of. You know, going after Rollins because he has no more competition. He wants to go after him, and but you have Triple H as the babyface, though, and therefore not only do you get Rollins away from the authority, but you end the authority altogether. Because I feel like you know it's been two years at this point, and I can't believe they're still going with it. But um, at least there, you can have Triple H. How you know in in turning babyface, he can finally break away from Seth Rollins earning the authority, and they can end that thing altogether. So that's another thing I could feel like they could do at you know come Survivor Series or at least in the fall season. You know. Yeah, I think that would be good to end the authority eventually. Hey, so they've been around for a while, so I think people are kind of getting sick of them. Yeah, it's got to end you know, sooner rather than later. I mean, the, the whole thing has been... its Two years, it's ridiculous to feel like it's been going on for that long, where Rollins is 
if that reaction was on, on Sunday, any any indication the guy is ready to break off on his own. He's already a breakout star, but he is ready to kind of go off on his own. And I'm glad you no know, J&G security's gone and Kane's gone. He's not being held back by that crap for right now. He's kind of doing his own thing, so that's awesome. And hopefully we can see a really good match out of him and Sting um, come Night of Champions. I mean, people are shitting on that. I mean, the match could be bad. I'm not saying it's going to be amazing, but I feel like if there's anyone that could get a really good match out of Sting, it's Seth Rollins. That guy's going to bump around like crazy for Sting, so the match itself in ring-wise could be really good, but I'm looking forward to it. But anyway, before we go off the show, like I said earlier, RJ, great seeing you on Sunday. Before we let you go, be sure to plug your Twitter and now everything else. Uh, just Twitter, it's uh, at RJ underscore Marceau. Um, I should have some new more articles. I'm going to write some articles for next wrestling soon so this should be up and uh besides that it's been it was a good summer slam and i can't wait for tlc this sounds good brother we got four more months and like i said hopefully the tickets will be out i'm thinking the next month um and i think raw might be in boston before that so the couple shows down the pike but uh especially tlc especially if dudley's are gonna be there it's gonna be a great show but anyway dude uh great talking i'll see you next monday see you next monday man see you dude Thanks again to RJ for joining me for an in-depth review of SummerSlam from Sunday night. Like I said, had a blast of a time. I know RJ did too. John did as well. And everyone else I talked to outside the arena, despite the very controversial finish to the pay-per-view between Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Everyone said they had a fun time. I mean, it was a good show. Not the greatest SummerSlam or the greatest pay-per-view of all time or even of the year. But it was the second best show I've ever been to. Because like I said, the first being NXT TakeOver on Saturday. If you ever get the chance to go to an NXT TakeOver show or just a WWE pay-per-view in general or just, you know, a WWE show, a wrestling show, whatever, you need to go. But for an NXT show, if you ever have the opportunity, if they come near you, go. Go. Go to go to the NXT show. I mean, they don't come around too often. That's why I need to go to that show because they don't come around too often at all. They only usually just tape out of Florida, that being the first ever live special for NXT outside of, you know, the, the Beast in the East special, that thing, that, you know, other than that, that wasn't really an NXT thing, though, this being the first live NXT show outside of Florida, so, it was a surreal experience that I will never, ever forget, so like I said earlier, all my SummerSlam-related content in regards to my experience and everything else, I'll be talking about this Friday on the YouTube channel in the random video blog, so be sure to subscribe at youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. And on Saturday and Sunday, both four videos respectively for each day. On Saturday, my, you know, and Sunday too, of course, like I just said, my videos of the entrances that I took at, at SummerSlam and all the videos that I took at SummerSlam weekend, including at NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam, will be up on the YouTube channel on both days, Saturday and Sunday, so be sure to subscribe for all of those videos this upcoming weekend. And my in-depth reviews of both shows for NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam on Sunday, Monday Night Raw last night, just a, such a great weekend to be a wrestling fan, such a reminder as to much how as to how much I love this stuff. All my reviews of all those shows are already up right here on NextAirWrestling.net. And last but not least, Restaurant Radio returns to being live next Tuesday only on EC Radio Live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73. RJ and I breaking down the entire world of wrestling, the Tough Enough season finale tonight to where we will crown a winner. Um, Josh is my pick, but he's the only pick. Amanda sucks. Sarah Lee is not good at all. ZZ is horrible, so... The show has been what it has been, but um, we will see who finds out. We, we will find out who wins tonight. We'll break down the winner of that show of 
Tough Enough next Tuesday right here on WrestleRant Radio. As I said, live for the remainder of the fall and going into the winter, you know, through next May, WrestleRant Radio will be live on EC Radio and, of course, the archived episodes going up right after the show goes off the air right here on NextEraWrestling.net. So with all that being said, guys, hopefully you enjoyed this past wrestling weekend as much as I did, whether you were there live or any of the three shows you were just watching for the comfort of your own home. It's been a great time to be a wrestling fan. I'm looking forward to what the rest of the fall brings. And of course, Season 3 of WrestleRant Radio kicks off next Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to what should be a very fun fall to be a wrestling fan. So of course, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. I'm Graham Houston Matthews, and I'll catch you guys down the road.